If you use the internet on a daily basis, and chances are you do, you probably don't put much thought into cybersecurity. You know, your network connections, the pages you visit, the files you download. You should be thinking about these all the time. Welcome to And Security for All. Your host is Kim Hakem. We're here to help you understand, in general terms, how and why your cybersecurity should be kept in check. Now, here is Kim Hakem. Hi, everybody. Thanks for joining us today on And Security for All. Uh, Kim just finished up the last event for the year uh, down in Atlanta, and uh, we're uh, I think she's trying to pick up all the pieces and get it all uh, finished up. And so she invited me to come back and do another show with everybody. Uh, I'm really excited to be here. I'm really excited for our guest today. We've got a, a good show. Uh, one of the things as a CISO that we do is we really work together with all the business units in the uh, in our organizations. And and for the last couple of shows, I've been trying to bring in other business units and and talk to them and talk about you know how security relates to what they do and and how they can help uh, IT security and help cybersecurity departments. So today uh, I've got Lori Hulsey here. Um, I've worked with Lori for many years. Um, we don't work in the same organization anymore, but we we did for many years. And so we're going to welcome her and get her view on um, the aspects of cybersecurity as it relates to HR and vice versa. So welcome, Lori. I appreciate you coming in with us and talking with us. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here as well. Absolutely. Um, so uh, let me ask you, we, uh, we've, I mean, we've worked together for years and um, when I asked you to do this, when I asked you to, to come onto the radio show and talk about this, uh, I know you uh, might have been nervous because it's a cybersecurity show, but you know I think that you've got a lot of uh, a lot of knowledge and a lot of experience that uh, people in my position and the audience uh, on the Voice America Network can can really gleam and and help them in their own organization. So, what did you first think when I asked you if you wanted to come onto the show? Um, definitely nervous um, about the audience group that would be participating as well. But um, having worked with you for so many years and the, the type of relationship that we have built, um, you know, I, I had a feeling this would be a good opportunity. Um, I'm always trying to put HR in a positive light. So if that um, comes in this form, I'm excited to do that. Yeah, it is. And we have a great audience and I think they're going to like you. Um, to a reminder for the audience, um, uh, if you are watching this and you're on LinkedIn or any other platforms, uh, please ask your questions. We'll get the comments put into the, the show. I'll work them in. Um, it looks like uh, Heather has already put that out there. So please ask questions. We'll, we'll get a lot of, uh, a lot of things uh, for Lori. She's, uh, she's going to do great. So Lori, tell us about yourself. So tell us, number one, who you are and what position do you hold? Sure. Um, so my name is Lori Holsey, and I am currently the vice president, uh, senior vice president, actually, um, manager of human resources at First Oklahoma Bank. Um, and I oversee 130 employees here at First Oklahoma Bank, um, uh, office of one. And so that really is a pretty big job. And we can talk a little bit more about that if you'd like. Well, yeah. So tell me, okay. I mean, most of our audience, uh, we have a good mix and we have a good mix of all over every industry, um, every position I've talked to everything from CEOs down to brand new cybersecurity people coming into the industry. 
when we talk about HR, what does that mean? So when when someone says, go talk to HR, what what is human resources? So tell me a little bit about human resources as a whole. So, I mean, a very fundamental um, explanation of human resources is, is the management of the employees. And that is from conception um, of them joining your team, your organization, even applicants, to be honest with you, that's a big part of it as well. Um, all the way through retirement. So it's a full cycle management of an employee in the organization and all of their information and all of their benefits and all of their pay, uh, you know, employee relations. So culture, um, disciplinary action, performance, engagement, um, diversity, um, training, it, it encompasses a lot. Yeah. And I mean, that's, all of our jobs do really. I mean, we talk, I, I say this a lot when we talk about IT security, uh, cybersecurity, privacy, it, it comes down to people. Um, and, and what we do is about our people, whether it's protecting our people, um, uh, their stuff, their, you know, their, their files, their data, the things we have on, or actually protecting them. You know, mm -hmm. think about fire alarms that's on the network or emergency control systems or access control systems. It's all about what we do has a direct effect on people and what they do. And sometimes it's life safety, you know? And so I really think that that's important. And I think that's important for all of us to know that. And that's, you know, you and I used to work together specifically on people issues. Uh, and what we did is, um, you know, I did the security side. I did the maybe some of the technical pieces. Uh, you helped me on the employee side, uh, the, the, the person side, the policy side, the procedure side. And, and I think that that's really the important thing. And that's what I wanted to bring out in this show was specifically the, the, the relationship between those two. Um, but let's start with what your thoughts are in terms of the relationship to the CISO. So when you think about CISOs or uh, chief information security officers or IT security, or even just IT, what's, what's been your experience in the past? Um, maybe I'm kind of hooking in for a, a compliment to stroke my ego because I did work for you for so long. But so what do you think about CISOs and IT? So um, I have always looked at it as a partnership. Um, on both sides of that coin, we need to be able to help each other through different processes. Oftentimes, um, HR is probably in an organization one of the largest, if not the largest owner of very um, confidential and private information. And so we want to make sure and keep that safe and secure. And we, we want to make sure our systems are working the way that they need to and so that we can get the information we need when we need it. Um, at the same time, IT needs employees' engagement through different processes, and so we help with that communication piece to employees and and um, how it can be receptive to employees. So my experience has really always been quite positive with IT and um, with CISOs spe specifically. That was a uh, tongue twister. Um, it, it's always been a good experience as well. So being able to um, really rely on the expert over the technology side of things and the safety side um, is extremely critical. And so um, I'd like to give you some kind of juicy nugget, but it's really always been a good experience. Yeah. I mean, in, and that's really, that's what our jobs are is we, we have our specialties that we do and we work together to build those pieces 
for the benefit of the organization and the benefit of the people. Um, and I've always had a great relationship with HR. Um, the uh, working with them to do things that I can't do. Um, I mean, I'm the technical guy, I'm the security guy, but when we start talking about uh, employee engagement and discipline and things, that's that's their that's their role and that's what they do. So I have to support that and I want to support that. Uh, on the flip side, there's a lot of pieces that I need to be able to do to my job. So I think it's a it's a good give and take relationship. Um, so let's talk about the sensitivity of data. Um, you know, privacy is a, is a big thing. It's becoming more and more a, a, an issue for organizations, talking about privacy, talking about the, uh, the kinds of uh, data that we need to protect. For those, for the, the audience members who don't know what kinds of data that, the sensitive kinds of data that you deal with every day, what, give us some examples. I mean, you've got, you know, of course, employee records, but you may have uh, uh, health records and various. So give us an example of just those things that you, that any HR, any HR in any organization might have access to that we really need to think about protecting. Well, um, I mean, honestly, we have everything right, for employees and candidates. I mean, we have, you know, social security numbers, date of birth, we have potentially, you have credit history, you have medical information, um, you have disability information, you have work history, you have um, benefit information, you have beneficiary information, dependent records. Um, there's just there's so much that we have in our in our possession, um, educational history and records as well, uh, training. You know, there's everything that you know you would have as an employee in your time of life and existence as an adult, especially. You know, we're we're going to have that information and in, a lot of times in our systems. Now, when you say things like that, when you tell when you, when you list out those things, I'm thinking about all the different compliances that I have to think about to protect that. You know, you've got the the health information, whether it's benefits or you know someone's uh, health status of some kind. Mm -hmm. Which, if you're a covered entity, that's going to be PHI that you've got to do special things with. Then you have uh, possibly customer information, you know, vendors or whatever, depending on how that comes through. I mean, you've got dependence information. So I'm going through my head and going, okay, well, we've got, you know, HIPAA, we might have GOBA, we might have um, a variety of other things that we have to do. How much of that, from your perspective, um, how often do you engage your compliance and or uh, IT security about that data just from a compliance perspective? Um, and it, should it be more? Um, should it be less? You know, what, what's the what's kind of your normal interaction on that stuff? So um, we didn't really go into my background. I, you know, as far as industry specific. So let me kind of take a step back with that. Um, I have worked in higher education, obviously, at the University of Tulsa with you, um, which has its own regulatory bodies over it as a, a higher education institution. I've also worked in healthcare, uh, again, regulated highly um, within you know, the last 20 to 30 years, if not more. Um, and then now I work in a community bank, um, which is regulated by the FDIC. So 
the the level of accountability that we have with our information, um, not only for our customers, but as as well as internally with our employees information um, is extremely significant. So the frequency in which I have worked with um, compliance and, um, you know, the, the IT security side of things has been has been pretty constant. Um, those are some of the first people that I like to meet when I come into an organization. Um, I want to establish a good working relationship with them. I want to be able to reach out to them so I can ask questions um, because I'm not a super technology savvy person as far as understanding, um, you know, which created that little bit of nervousness about coming onto the show. But I don't have a great deal of technology um, knowledge and understanding. It's kind of one of those things just enough to be dangerous. It's like, I know I should know who handles this more than, you know, how does it work and, and what, what systems do we need to have in place? So I definitely build those relationships. Um, could it be more? Always. We all have a lot on our plates all the time. So, um, you know, those things will come through my mind as I'm working through a process or I'm ex extracting data for a particular purpose. And I think, okay, you know, what are our steps in protecting this and keeping this safe? Um, so there's always, there's always a room for improvement in that, that regard. Yeah. I think, uh, I think one of the first times I ever met you, I, uh, I want to say I stopped by your office. You, you had just come in. I think I stopped by your office and, uh, maybe I was working on your computer or something, but you know, since then, you know, when we have people that have come in in that role or, you know, your first role, because I work so closely with them in terms of investigations and stuff, I always wanted to just stop by and say, hi, you know, Hey, I'm Jonathan Kimmett. You know, I, I'm CISO. We're going to get to work together a lot. And I think that that's really important for, for IT and IT security people is just go make introductions, you know, stop by the office, say hi. Um, because if you don't do that, then when you need to talk to them in a situation, an incident, an investigation, you don't have that relationship. You don't have that common terminology. You don't have that trust. And I think that's really important is that trust between the two. Yeah, I mean, HR and IT share a lot of similarities to how people feel about who they are and what they have to do. And so I think it's really important to get to know the individual and build that that relationship because, yeah, the first time you meet somebody, you really don't want it to be under, you know, a, a stressful or duress situation, hopefully. I mean, sometimes that does happen. Um, you know, our environments are changing in the workforce. So physically seeing people is a little bit harder sometimes than it has been over the past couple of years, but still trying to really build and establish those relationships, you know, whatever that may look like, you know, whether it's in person, um, email, phone, you know, video chats, whatever that, that can be, I think is important because, I think both HR and IT need each other in, in multiple ways throughout the work life experience. So it's really yeah, important. Absolutely. And, and honestly, from an IT point of view, we can't do our job without HR. I mean, there's so much. So, and I was, I was going through some uh, curriculum uh, a few weeks ago and specifically right, you know, doing some notes and things about the relationship between HR and IT uh, or IT security specifically. 
and uh, it really starts from onboarding and it goes all the way to offboarding. And, and honestly, when, when I interact with HR, I'll start talking to them about a user account, you know, an individual before they start working here because we're doing background checks, mm -hmm. we're doing all kinds of different things to make sure that they're going into position that's going to be okay, um, that they're allowed to be in, you know, whether it's a certain compliance because they have to be a U.S. citizen or, you know, whatever it is, that's before they even get there. And then, of course, we have everything in the middle of a normal employment process and then offboarding, you know, whether they're, they're resigning, you know, for uh, good reasons or we're having to let them go for not so good reasons. So in all those past processes, we work really hand in hand in. Um, and I think what's important for the cybersecurity industry uh, and for our audience members is you need to make sure you know all those processes. So when you're working with HR, know how their systems work. Because if you don't know how employees come in, you don't know when to get the background checks or how that works. Or the other way, if you don't know when they're going to get, um, the accounts are going to get deactivated uh, because they've resigned or been terminated or a variety of other things, then you really need to understand, you can't do your job if you don't understand those processes. So it's really important to have it. And the only way to learn it is to go talk to them and and really engage them and ask them. Number one, because processes change. You know, that's really critical to understand is processes do change for you know, for different things, you know, it might be a, a new federal regulation. It might be a new process in terms of the, the payroll structure or the pay comm structure, you know, the, uh, the, uh, the software that you use. It may be a, a different process in terms of hiring. It may be an emergency process, an exception. You know, so the best thing to do is go and ask, you know, you should have regular meetings. So um, going and meeting them early, that's important. Uh, but also have regular meetings with them, uh, engage them, talk with them. Um, I don't know. Um, I think I remember talking to you almost well, for a long time. I think we talked every day. Uh, we talked every day for a particular issue or a particular incident or a variety of incidents. And uh, I think that's really important because that way we know exactly where each other are for the jobs that we need to do. Well, and I'd like to add something that you kind of mentioned earlier that I think is really critical. Um, I, I don't know how IT feels about their their level of impact on culture um, and onboarding specifically in this case, because um, I will tell you that is so important when you bring on a new employee that things are working the way that they should be, that they have the access that they need, um, that they're able to get into the systems that they need to, that they have the equipment that they need. And so, um, you know, that, that's a big part of the relationship and that communication between HR and IT, but also, you know, obviously sticking kind of with the security side that we're protecting all of that information that leads up to that point as well. And that how important, you know, that is for us to take so seriously, even before they're ever a part of the organization. But I, that's all of the, the culture, which I can tell you in our current workforce is 99% of what's going to get an employee um, to your organization, um, to want to work at your organization, and to stay at your organization, which matters to all of us. So that's a really critical relationship to have. And 
And, um, and IT and the security side is extremely vital for that to that impact. Well, and I'm going to even take it a little bit further than that, because when you're talking about culture, that's one of the things that I see in an organization that leads to malicious actions. And if you've got someone who's upset or disgruntled or not happy, then they're, they may not do security controls. They may not um, follow through on password changes. They may just literally click the link that you told them, you asked them not to. Um, you know, that we've had that situation here in Tulsa not too long ago where they feel like that the organization went down because of a malware that was in an email that was clicked intentionally. Mm-hmm. You know, someone that came in and double click in because they were mad. So I, I think that building that culture starting from the very beginning, you know, working you all the way through and having that positive culture is important. And I'll tell you, sometimes it's really hard. You know, I, I've got to think about, I have to get people to do things they generally don't want to do. You know, no one wants 15 character passwords. No one wants to use their phone every time they get to their email, you know, get multi-factor to get to their email. They don't want to use these little devices, you know, YubiKeys to multi-factor. But I know what the attackers are doing and I know how these security controls defend against those attacks. So help me. What are your thoughts? How do I, as a CISO, I know I have to do these things. I have to get the organization to use these tools. What are some things that I can do to help the culture side, help the the people side to where it's a bit easier to to do it to 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 adopt that those actions and adopt that culture change and or to i don't know i guess enforce it you know what are your thoughts on that you know i've i've got a lot of things that i have to do as a CISO to make people do things they don't want to do i need help on that how what can i do better how can i be better at that so i think um the first place you start is is a, a realistic perception, a realistic um, expectation of understanding these are things that people, you know, people don't really want to do, right? They're, they feel like they don't have time. They feel like it's unnecessary. They feel like it's too much, um, different things. So that's the first thing is kind of just understanding where maybe they're coming from on their side of things. Um, But the flip side of that is that making sure that we do a really good job of helping people understand why this is important. Um, I think we have transitioned over the years from an environment of um, dictatorship, you know, this is the rule because we say it's the rule and this is what the rule is going to be no matter how you feel about it to, hey, this is for your safety. This is for your protection. Um, you know, there are times where I ask people to, you know, I have to remind them, hey, don't send me your date of birth and your social security through an unsecure email, right? So I tell them that, but I also, you know, and sometimes people laugh about it and some people are like, oh, I don't care. And I'm like, but you you really should because these are things that um, can really create a great deal of harm and and more work for you later on. So I think helping people really understand why we set those parameters in place, because HR is really not a whole lot different. There are a lot of things that we require of employees throughout their employment relationship that 
they feel are so unnecessary. But at the same time, you know, I think it's it's part of our job is to really help them understand why. Um, you'll have very few people that will necessarily ask that, but it's important that we make that part of the communication. Um, and then being understanding. I mean, that's that's the big thing is like when you do follow up with those people, because I do follow up with people all the time with different things, is trying to be understanding, patient, um, kind, supportive. You know, what can I do to help you through this, to get through this process, um, to engage in this like we need you to, um, because we're both trying to do a job. Um, and so like, what can I do to help them understand or to, to do what ultimately needs to be done? Um, and so, and then I try. So when something's expected of me um, from those people potentially that have pushed back, um, I try really, really hard to meet their expectation timely, um, effectively. Those are things that I, I also do um, to try to show that mutual respect in the workplace that, you know, hey, they're trying to do a job in this case, and I want to I be responsive to them in a way that I hope that they're responsive to me. I think that's really important because, I mean, if you think about it from an IT perspective or an IT, when, when you think about from an IT engineer's perspective or a technician's perspective or IT security, a lot of times we just want to make the rule of we're doing this from now on. Um, and the rule may be good. I mean, it may be the right thing to do. And it might be the right thing for the organization. But, I mean, I think it you lose part of the people side of that. Um, you know, I, I made this joke, not really a joke. I made this comment years ago that when, when I did the 15 character password, um, uh, there wasn't a single person that I ever interacted with, you know, directly that had any problem with that 15 character password. I'd go and I'd sit in their office, talk with them and say, Hey, here, here's the reason why this is important. Let me show you the attacks coming in. Let me show you this. And it was very much a um, the, kind of the hands-on demonstration. But we've, uh, well, sometimes you have people who are very uh, upset or disgruntled or emotional and they don't want to hear it. But if you're standing there and you're talking with them as a human being, you can get that across to them. And like I said, I've, I've gone into many offices here on campus um, and they were not very happy about you know, having that 15 character password. But by the time I left, not only were they happy about it, I was able to get them on their phone and they, we used a passphrase. So it was easier to type, easier to remember. And it, they just had a much better experience. And I think that's what a lot of IT security people forget is we've got to make the rules. I mean, I've got to defend against the attacks, but we're still dealing with people. And you still got to interact with them and engage with them and make them feel good about the reasons why you're doing this stuff. Um, so I'm going to I'm going to sidestep just a little bit because we're talking about attacks. Uh, you invited me. This was years ago to speak at an HR conference, and I still tell this story because I think it's just funny. Um, but I did my hacker tool show and tell, and uh, and I really enjoyed it because a room full of HR people. Um, of different, and I don't know what all they did, but I'm assuming it was just a variety of positions and things. And I'm in there and I'm showing them hacking tools and key loggers and raspberry pies and pineapples. And, and, you know, there was one person who got so not, not upset. He was, 
It was like, stop pulling stuff out of that bag. I'm never going to sleep again. <laughs> and it was Latin. And unfortunately, just for the audience, um, I, I believe they had puppies right after me. I think that. Thankfully. Yes. yes. So <laughs> it was a good setup that they were going to go out and be nice and calm and, you know, with the puppies. So, but what I liked about it and what I tell that, you know, to other IT security professionals is HR may never see that stuff. They never hear about that stuff. They hear about threats. They may see stuff on, on, in, in movies and things, but it's not real yet. You know, it, it's not, Hey, look at this little device. Let's look at this little USB key log and let me show you how it works so that, you know, from now on you can, kind of look on the back of your computer and go, huh, huh, what's that little device there? That's, that's not supposed to be there. Um, but I felt it was great. And I, and I encourage uh, professionals, IT security professionals to go out there and engage um, uh, number one, other parts of the business, but other industries, you know, when we talk about HR conferences, I love going to those, you know, lawyer conferences, uh, the, the, the farm show here in town. I like going to and helping people because there are a lot of people who do a lot of technology, they don't have any experience in it. So they really don't have any experience in terms of securing it. So it really does come back down to people and engaging those people and showing them what the benefits of the, showing them what the attacks are. So they understand the risks and then showing them how to defend against that. And I think, I don't know what your thoughts. I mean, I think that just builds the trust. It builds the trust in me as a person and it builds the trust in me as my department but then that flips over to trust of the other department because they're helpful and they're friendly. And it just begins this round robin of good things for the organization. Yeah, I, I think HR and IT share this same sentiment that we need to have good relationships with all of the departments across the campus. We'll have, um, you know, need each other at various times for different reasons. And being able to trust the person that you're you're working with and that you need something for or from um, is really important that you you know who they are and that you you trust or you feel comfortable and confident enough to reach out to them and showing your your skill set the things that you know and um, you know and how you've come to that knowledge and, and how it applies to me. I think is really important. I think that's a big part. You know, I have a I have 11 year old son, and he's very inquisitive, and he'll you know get in trouble or we'll talk about um, safety and security. You know, as he's already online and things like that, and trying to help him understand why this matters and why it's important. And you know, the flip side is all of his friends that don't do it. And then he gets frustrated. Same place, same thing in the workplace, right? Um, employees come into our work environments and maybe this is not how it was at their previous employer for whatever reason. Um, and, and helping them, you know, get on board with what that looks like and making sure that they understand why we do it and, and why it may be necessary you know, here and not necessary there. I mean, there's there's all kinds of, of reasons for, for different um, work environment requirements and things like that. And so I think it's, you know, it's just building those relationships again. I know we keep yep. saying that, but that's really what it is. And you don't just, you know, I know a lot of departments maybe don't have to work with everybody on in their organization like HR and IT do. 
Um, but man, I, I, I want to know those people. I want to know who is, you know, is involved in my organization. And, and so I think it's really important to just, you know, build those relationships. And, and there may be times that they may be damaged and you have to, you know, take some ownership and responsibility for that and try to build that trust back too. So I think it's just important. And you can do that a lot easier if you've had a previously good yeah. relationship and know those people and and can do that. Um, one thing I'll add to before I kind of jump off of that is that, you know, I think we've talked a lot about in the past, you know, how people's previous experiences with those particular professions, IT, HR, um, has been maybe negative in, in other yeah. worlds, they bring that with them. And yeah. so sometimes they may have a really strong reaction to you as a professional that yeah. has nothing to do with you. Um, so I do, as I mentioned at the very beginning, I oftentimes am overcoming previous HR experiences that this particular employee has had that hasn't been positive. Um, and so, you know, I, that may be a little extra work that may be a little extra effort on my part to build trust where I hadn't done anything personally to, to make them not trust me, but maybe someone in this role had. And so that's a big part of our roles as well to, to build those relationships. Yeah, no, I, I agree that hundred percent because I, I came up from the help desk, you know, that's kind of my first job in IT years and years ago. So I worked with every department. I had to support their machines. So I knew all of them. I knew their computers, you know, um, you know, I remember the, the, the director of HR, you know, Wayne, all those years ago, he'd call up, I'd answer the phone. I'm already remoting into his machine. Cause you know, that was just, I, I knew him and I knew he, what he would need. I knew what he wanted. But, you know, you, you skip ahead and because I had such a good experience with the business units in terms of what what we did and how we interacted, I uh, when I would talk to people out in the world and they didn't have that same experience, I really found that confusing. And I'm like, well, go talk to them. Go, go ask them questions. Go, go engage them. And they would always give me these weird looks. It's like, well, we can't go talk to, to HR. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm not allowed to talk to HR. I don't know. Um, or they're scary or they're going to fire me or they're going to, you know, make sure I don't get a paycheck if I make them mad. I mean, there's a whole variety of things that people have. And I never understood that. I, I, and, and again, it comes from help desk. You know, I worked in the help desk for so long that it was just natural. When I came to IT security, when I took over the CISO role, it was, those relationships were already there. But furthermore, when I go out in the industry and I'm consulting or I'm doing whatever, absolutely go to HR, you know, go to HR. Let's talk about the policies and procedures. Uh, and you have to, you have to do those things because, you know, some of the things that we do is not always the best or the most fun because they're investigations on people. Um, and that's really what I want to get into next is there are times where we have to engage in less than ideal situations and we have to partner because we have to protect the people and we have to protect the organization. So let me ask you, you're thinking about that part, you know, we have to do things such as um, let's say someone has broken a rule and, and I've been asked by a department, you know, this person has done X, Y, and Z. And we want to fire them. And I've heard that many times over. We want to fire them. Uh, 
Um, and as IT security, that that's that's not my job. <laughs> you know, that's not what I do. My job is to protect the systems, protect the people, protect the systems, and and to gather the data. Um, so what is your viewpoint on, you know, because we've worked a lot on this. What is your viewpoint on when there is a, a situation? Um, let's say someone has done something wrong. What do you need me to do as a CISO to help you do your job? And what is that job? So when we talk about investigations, um, yeah, we, we work together closely on a lot of things. I was um, over that particular responsibility at TU for seven years. Um, and it has stayed with me in my profession because of that experience. So, I mean, the first step is I need IT to know their role in this as far as, you know, making sure that HR is aware. Um, there are plenty of times where somebody doesn't want to go through HR for whatever reason to find out this information um, about an employee that they, they think has done something wrong or they know they've done something wrong, um, but they need the proof. And so they will go straight to the source that owns and can pull or extract that information for them, in this case, IT, and say, I need this information. You need to get it to me because we're going we're gonna to fire this employee. <clears throat> well, that's not exactly how that should go in, in really any situation that I can think of. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm trying to think if there's an exception to that. And, and there's always exceptions. But um, so I need, I need IT to know, hey, uh, this is a serious matter. We're, we take it seriously. Um, have you reached out to HR yet? Um, you know, have you talked to to your HR um, contact that's responsible for this? Um, you know, and starting it there, not necessarily being accusatory that they have or haven't, um, just you know, asking the question. Um, so that that's a big part of it as well. So when we get into investigating the situation, then I need really good trust. Um, with whoever I'm working with on that investigation that IT or that particular contact in, in, the, in the security side, technology side, isn't having general conversations about whatever is being investigated with someone outside of HR. Um, I think that's really important too, because that can really call into question the integrity of, of an investigation. Um, and making sure that we're all on the same page of what is needed from me to move forward or what is, you know, HR needs from IT um, and just having everybody kind of in a really good place for that, that communication through that process. Yeah, absolutely. In fact, there's a rule here now. I mean, and this has been here for many years that when we're dealing with employee stuff, that's employee files, employee accounts, emails, personal, like OneDrive, uh, home drive, stuff like that, uh, the request has to come from HR. Uh, and, and that was years ago. I did that. I did that always, but we, you know, we had a small incident. It wasn't a bad incident, but there was an incident that really came into uh, an issue when somebody tried to bypass that and it caused a problem. So he says, all right, no more. So now, all of my staff, all of IT knows that when we get a request for, let's say, a mailbox, you know, someone has quit, they've left the university, they need access to an email, then I was like, that's great. Um, you know, it may be possible to get that, 
but we need to get HR to approve this. Um, and, and I do it two different ways, actually, you know, depending on how angry they are or how, because again, we're dealing with people and there's right ways and wrong ways to do things. Uh, there are times where I will just email HR and say, Hey, the, uh, we've had this request come in. Is this appropriate? Should I do this? What do you need to know on it? Um, and then there's other times where I will tell the end of it, the supervisor or whoever say, Hey, you go contact such and such an HR work through that process. They will contact me. We'll get the data. We'll give it to the appropriate people. We'll do whatever we need. But it, from my perspective, that takes a lot of liability off of me. I'm not making that decision. IT is not making the decision on whether or not someone can look at these data files or, uh, or any of that stuff, because that really is, that's not our role. You know, our role is something very specific. HR's role is something very specific, and we have to be able to do the right pieces there to protect the organization. Well, and I think it goes back sometimes, too, that people don't always know, you know, um, where to start on something. And like, okay, I need an email box. Well, HR can't get me that email box. IT is the only one that can get that to me. So I'm going to reach out to IT because I don't want to bother HR, you know, when they know they can't do it. Yeah. Um, but what I think is important, you know, when you got to consider the whole situation is HR is all should be and sometimes often is very aware of other things going on that yep. maybe IT would not be aware of. Um, yep. It hasn't gotten to the technology side of, you know, needing that that involvement. Um, and so that that's one piece of it is making sure, you know, that um, we have that good communication because there may be pieces at play that not everybody's aware of. That's really important too. Um, and then I always try to come from the perspective that, um, you know, people don't necessarily come at these things with ill intent. There are people that do. There's no doubt about it. And maybe more than often than not. But I try to take it from the approach of, you know, there's maybe um, they just don't have the knowledge and understanding of, of the process in place. So that also gives us an opportunity right, as HR and IT professionals to make sure we share that and, and make sure that people are aware that, you know, hey, these kinds of requests, um, you know, need to go down this step-by-step -step process or whatever the case may be. Um, and as far as how you communicate that, I think that's perfect because sometimes situations um, require a very quick um, response. And so I want to be mindful of that. I don't want people to feel like I'm disregarding their request um, or that I don't take it as important. Um, so maybe we don't want to make them, you know, drag it out and send an email or reach out to HR and, and then HR communicate it. Maybe it is you reaching out on their behalf. So I think that's, I think that's important to keep in mind too, that, you know, we have to look at those situations in, in the moment that we're, we're being requested that so that we know, hey, you know, this is something that's really important, really timely. It's very crucial for us to get, you know, resolved as quickly as possible. Um, and so I, I'm, again, value, value that kind of communication and flexibility in, in the yep. moment. Yeah, you know, it's and one of the things I do here is it's policy. You know, it is policies and procedures here in our department that that's what happens. Um, but I also try to get people to be to, to consider that that human factor of 
you know, we're going to get HR's involvement and make sure they're aware of this because, again, they may know something we don't. I always want them to approve it, but we're not going to just push people off. I know you need to go take talk to HR. You need to go do this. You need to do that. Um, it's more of, okay, yeah, let me help you with that. Let me see what I can do. Now, one of the other pieces, though, is uh, I've had many times where people have asked me to prove something. And I, I'm really cautious on that because I don't prove anything. You know, it's like proving innocence or guilt. I, that, I don't do that. I can prove what the data says, what the logs say, what the, what the machine did. And I've, I never want to say, yes, this person did this thing. I will say this computer did this thing at this time. And here's what the logs say. This is what I can prove on those pieces. Uh, because it's, there are times where I, I think I even had for you, I had to tell you that there's no way to tell one way or another on a particular thing. Um, uh, uh, one that comes into mind is if someone accessed a website, if they were looking, let's say looking at inappropriate web uh, pictures or whatever, I cannot guarantee you that that person is the one that clicked on that link that opens up the web page. I can tell you that the computer opened up the web page and the browser opened it up. Maybe something happened on the computer where it came up, but I can't guarantee you that that single person individual actually did that. Uh, we had a situation not too long ago where um, we were talking about a device and they say, well, was such and such the one that did this? I think, no, I have no idea. The device did but I don't know if he was controlling the device or if this other person was controlling the device or that person was, I have no idea. I know the device did it. And I think that that's really important for, for my side. I can only prove certain things. And a lot of times it has nothing to do with the individual, but what that person did. Now it's getting a little bit easier with technology as it, as it gets, you know, there's some things that you can, you know, whether it be, uh, camera, facial recognition, multi-factor, and there's some things that you can use to to support a a, a story, a, a a narrative of what happened. Um, but there are still a lot of things that I cannot prove, um, and I want to make sure that everyone understands I cannot prove that. All I can do is tell you this is what the computer did. These reside on the computer. These are the pieces there, and I know that's frustrating to a lot of supervisors and a lot of people, but there's nothing we can do about it. It's just the way it is. Yeah. And, and I, I know I've been on the other end of those conversations with you and with other IT professionals. I want to make sure I understand what does this mean that you've pulled? Okay. You've connected it to, you know, their particular login or the case may be and say, okay, does that mean this, you know, or, you know, what could it, also mean? Could it mean it was somebody else accessing through that device? Um, right. You know, because yeah, the those are things that we don't necessarily, uh, or I haven't always had the best understanding because we're pulling data to support whatever we're looking into. But what does it mean? You know, what does that data really, what does that, that, that mean for this particular investigation? And again, going back to having good communication effective communication that you don't get frustrated with me that I don't understand <laughs> how this right. works and that you, that I don't get frustrated with you that you're not giving me what I you know want indefinitely um, so having having a good 
open communication about this and and asking the right questions. And, and that can be hard. So we've talked a lot about the really great things about, you know, uh, this collaboration between HR and IT and security. But the, the challenging parts is we do not speak the same language a lot of yeah. times, right? And so that's a huge factor that we sometimes have to take a step back. Um, and I know when I first started at the university, I think I was extremely intimidated um, by, you know, the overall environment of working in an institution for higher education, right? Even saying it is a mouthful. And so um, sometimes we don't ask the questions because we don't want to look stupid. Well, at this point in my career, I've learned to know <laughs> that I don't know everything and that's okay. So if I don't understand what that means, you know, I, I need to ask the question, what does that mean? You know, or yeah. does it, you know, if I have an idea in my mind, does it mean this? Um, right. You know, and saying, okay, so you're telling me that this is this person and then you can come back and go, well, no, I'm not saying that. Yep. <laughs> so I think that's an important part of that whole, that whole scenario. Yeah. And I think that that's important for IT security professionals to understand is we live in a very technical world a lot of times, you know, whether it's logs or firewalls or whatever. And it, it ultimately doesn't mean as much to us as it does, you know, as much to other people as it does to us. You know, I can say, yes, this IP address was was doing TCP traffic over here and this. And you're going to do exactly what you're doing now. It's like, I, you know, whatever he said, sure, great, Jonathan, you, you come back to, uh, you know, English, please. And uh, so we have to understand when our brains think about it certain ways. And it, it, it's fine. But when you're talking to people, talk plainly, talk clearly and say, this computer was talking over the network to this other computer and it was accessing these files and it was doing, so it, it puts it into a more standard format so that we can all start making decisions on this. Um, I know that's really hard for some people to do because they just don't think like that. What can a professional do, do you think? You know, How do we start engaging in that same sort of communication, that same sort of jargon between the two departments? You know, what is it something that we can do together to, to make it where that's a little bit easier? Well, I think it goes back to that, um, having those, those good, effective relationships where you feel comfortable enough to ask the question, what does that mean? Um, you know, kind of in a similar mindset, of course, being an HR professional over 20 years, I have lots of people, uh, friends, uh, previous you know, coworkers, whatever the case may be, say, hey, can you look at my resume and can you touch it up? You know, can you give me any ideas or feedback? Um, and real recently I had the conversation. I said, I don't know what that term is. I don't know if it's a misspelling. I don't know if it's uh, specific to your industry, you know, but you might want to think if you're wanting to change industries, you might want to think about changing whatever that means. Um, not that I know every word in the English language, because I don't, but, you know, if I understand the general concept of what that individual has been doing, and then now I'm looking at a resume and it's not, you know, uh, really understanding. So I think just being able to have those open communication, open yeah. conversations, and then individually, we have to understand that maybe 
not everybody thinks the same way we do or doesn't understand the language that we speak and really how crucial certain aspects of our profession are and you know how important that is to us like you said and it may not may not resonate with other people so i think being aware is the first part of that 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 process of making it better is that okay i need to think of it from a perspective do you often have people ask you what does that mean or can you give it to me in layman's terms might be a good indication that you need to you know kind of do some rephrasing or you know, um, see what does actually resonate with them when you're speaking about something very technical. Yeah, I think that's important is to evaluate that. You know, when someone has questions, think, how could I have phrased that differently? How could I presented that differently? Um, We've got about three minutes to close. And there's one other topic I do want to cover with you because I think it's really important for us from the IT security side and from HR, and that's incident response. And it's not the same kind of incident response that people usually think about, about doing malware analysis and log analysis and all this other stuff. But I'm talking more about incident response in terms of people. So I've done a lot of incident response over my time, Uh, incident commander, incident manager is what I've always called it, but we're changing to incident commander and to to make it stand for the ICS stuff. But one of the key factors that I've always been concerned about is the people side of incident response, because long hours, you know, incident response team is you're going to be working long hours, you're going to be looking at stuff for a long period of time, you know, all these I want to know, how can HR help me with that? So if I've got in the middle of an incident response, it's going to be a long, several days. How can I bring in HR to help me? And we've only got, it looks like two minutes. So I'm going to limit you down to about a minute on this, but how can we do better? I think you, you've already kind of set the stage on the people side of things. So when you say something is going to take long hours, it's going to be super stressful, maybe, um, and it's going to take time and attention. The first thing I think of, what are some fundamental needs that these employees that are in that situation may need? So that that human aspect, um, you know, and it sounds, maybe it sounds silly. It doesn't sound silly to me, but most people work better when their stomachs aren't empty. So I think, okay, have we, you know, have have we made arrangements for meals, drinks, snacks, whatever the case may be, um, because we want to make sure that we take care of those needs. Is there something we can do once it's wrapped up? Is there a communication piece that we need to have for those maybe outside of the the knowledge center that has all of the the incident response responsibilities? Is, are there factors that we need to make sure that we're communicating effectively? Um, so those are the those are the first things that come to mind when you talk about incident response. Yep, that, and those are the things that I think we should all start thinking about because we don't think about those things. We are about twenty seconds from close. Lori, thank you so much for coming out. This has been great. I think it's been a great conversation. I think people really enjoyed it. Um, so I'll do a quick little outro. So everyone, uh, you can find the. Uh, and Security for All on your favorite podcast and on the Voice American Network. Uh, we're going to start up the FutureCon events again in January because we've just finished the last one uh, yesterday. I hope everyone has a great rest of the day, and I hope you guys do a, a, a wonderful Christmas holiday. I know it's uh, it's going to be stressful for everybody, especially if you've got incidents, you've got attacks, you've got all these different things. But please make sure you take time with your family, take time to, to get rest because it is still about people. It's still about the uh, the things that we do to to help each other. So 
Again, Lori, thanks so much for coming by. I think I think the audience. Uh, we had just a few questions um, that I tried to uh, to to work in, um, but it's been uh, it's been a great experience. Thank you for tuning into and security for all. Be sure to join your host Kim Hagem for another episode of the show next Friday at noon Pacific time and 3 p.m. Eastern time on the Voice America Business Channel. And don't forget. You can follow Kim on LinkedIn by searching for Kim Hakim. That's Kim, H-A-K-I-M, to keep yourself posted on all of her upcoming cybersecurity events. a cybersecurity professional that needs to earn continuing educational hours? FutureCon Events brings high-level cybersecurity training discovering cutting-edge security approaches, managing risk in the ever-changing threat of the cybersecurity workforce. Cybersecurity is no longer just an IT problem. To learn more about attending a virtual event, go to futureconevents.com or email info at futureconevents.com. Or follow us on LinkedIn or Twitter at FutureConHQ. Don't miss the weekly FutureCon seamless podcast series focusing on the insights and thoughts of chief security officers and industry pioneers making a difference throughout the world. Kim Hakem, CEO of FutureCon Events, and Darren Anderson, CEO and co-founder Next Robotics, host seamless podcast started by a team of entrepreneurs with experience in fields like smart cities, technology, cybersecurity. The result is a series of podcasts unlike anything you've ever heard anywhere. Listen where you get your podcasts, including Apple, Spotify, and Stitcher.